Praise the Lord. Wow. Always a special privilege and honor to be here with you. I mean, you always make me feel like I'm a rock star or something. <laughs> Superstar. It's so good to be here, especially at this time when uh, God is really, really wooing us and drawing us. And what I've discovered is that you can't be led by the Spirit until you are able to be drawn by Him. The Word of the Lord tells us that you can't even come to Him unless the Father draws you. And so we have to develop a sensitivity, and that's a sensitivity uh, that He's talking about your soul, your person of your soul. And so today I'm going to be talking to you out of a very a simple uh, text, Psalm 23, the shepherd that leads us. But what I have to tell you before I get started that he's not talking about it, just an ordinary shepherd, but a shepherd of your soul. Your soul is an immaterial part of you. Yet it is the part that you need a shepherd. And the shepherd is leading you back into the presence of the Lord, and it's a journey. It's not a couple of years or 10 years. It's eternal, where you're discovering something that you didn't know about the Lord each and every day. John 17, 3 says, this is eternal life, that they may know me. And so we can act like we know him after we've been with him for 20, 30 years, and we still have so much more to know, because he's always taking us deeper and deeper. And what I've learned over the years is that he's not somewhere out there that we're yelling top of our voice to reach him. He dwells in your innermost being. And what I've also discovered is that that's the most uncharted place. We don't really know this place. And that's why we need a shepherd. Because God is taking us deeper and deeper into his presence. And that's why we need hope, because hope is an anchor. Hope is an anchor for the soul. Hope is what uh, faith is to the spirit. Hope is to our souls. It anchors our souls into the presence behind the veil. I'm talking about that presence that David sings about in the Psalms, that in that presence is fullness of joy. He's not talking about omnipresence, the presence where all of us are aware that God is present. This is manifest presence. This is behind the veil that your soul needs to be anchored and you need to be led. And so we're going to be talking about shepherding the soul, but I, I have to tell you that there's going to be such a release of power, explosion in this place, because God is releasing the soul in its fullness, in its full capacity. What I found out that we know how to nurture the soul is the mind, will, and emotions. We know how to nurture our mind. There never be anyone tell you, don't develop your mind. And we even understand the will. We have a will to do something, to push through. We develop that, but we 
tend not to develop our feelings. We tend to hide them and, and despise them and say things like, you can't trust them. And we tend to uh, want to suppress them. But God is wanting you to know that he gave you your soul and he gave you mind, will, and emotions. And each part of the soul is supposed to be expressed fully. And so God is going to bring us to this place. He's going to shepherd us until we are in the glorious liberty of the sons of God, where we are free and free indeed. And we have not been free to express what we are feeling. And what I've learned is that in my soul and in my emotion, is that's a place of discernment. It is my core being, my foundation. It's my stability. But we don't treat it like that. We treat it as just that flighty thing. Uh, oh, you don't want to release the emotions. But into my emotions, in my emotions, it tells me when something that was done to me was not right. And no matter how I try to shut it down and suppress it, if you have been injured, and we carry most of our injury in our emotional self, and also our anger. And because we don't know how to express it, anger seems to come out of us at inopportune time. In our emotions, it houses our memory of everything that's been done. In my mind, I can shift and I can say, okay, they, must, they may have not meant it like it was done. And I can try to shift and go on. And I've been doing that for years. And I'm going to share a little bit about, your, about my life also, with the word of the Lord, because by revelation, God taught me all of this. But I, I had an ability to discipline my mind, and I could move on, and I can keep moving even when someone hurt me. But there comes a time when you realize in a season where your emotions, they just won't shut up. Because they, they remember what was done. And there's some, been some things that have been done that we try to forget rationally and, 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 and intellectually. We can move on. We have the will to move on. But the, the emotions, they never forget. And so if you've been hurt and you've tried to just move on, I want to tell you, you don't have to do that anymore. I want to tell you that discernment is there. They, your emotions, your feelings, you can trust them. And because you've been told to shut up, sometimes something has been done devastating to you, devastated your life. Uh, somebody here may have been molested and somebody told you to just go on with your life. Get over it. Why can't you just get over it? Why can't you just forget it? And you tried in your mind to forget it, but your emotions in somewhere in the house... Housing in your emotion is the memory. They never forget. Never forget. So I'm going to talk to you about this, and I'm going to release an explosion because Holy Spirit understands what it means is to be suppressed. We don't call it suppressed, but quenched. We won't let him have his way because we can't control him. And so many churches, they, they, they try to control him. They tell him, you have this space. And no other space be quiet don't speak right now it's not the time so the one that knows how to restore the soul in this fullness is the Holy Spirit because been, he has been through some of the same things that your emotional self has been through 
We think we're so afraid to show it. And I want to start out by saying that about 20 years ago when I was in Bible study, Bible school, I had uh, prayed that morning and it was in the midst of finals and papers due. And the Holy Spirit began to draw me when I was getting ready to do some research for a paper. And I told the Holy Spirit, I said, not now. I'm too busy. I spent some time with you this morning. I spent an hour with you this morning, and this is just not the right time. So I thought it was over. I thought he understood, but he came back, and he was drawing again. And he came back the third time, and I said, well, I might as well just give up and surrender to the Holy Spirit. And I thought, well, it's going to be at least an hour and a half or two. And so I began to yield to the Holy Spirit and he told me this, he said we're going to deal with your anger today and I know you can't believe that Pastor Daniels <laughs> had anger management problems <laughs> but I did but I, I learned how to suppress it because there was a couple of times I got so angry I was out of control and I know there's no one in here that's been felt that you were afraid of what you saw in yourself because you were so angry you were almost over the top and, and, and you decided that I'm never going to let that happen to me again and so I learned how to suppress my feelings and my emotions and especially my anger and I, I would suppress it every time they would come I would suppress it but how many of you know that's not living in the fullness and that's not liberty and you need to know that it takes a whole lot of work suppressing and that's why we are so tired sometimes because we think we have to suppress but the Holy Spirit said we're going to deal with, with your anger and that's when I, I learned by revelation that I wasn't in charge of the relationship and I couldn't order it that he really was and he decides when he's going to deal with something even when you are not thinking about it. And so he decides that we're going to deal with it today and he said, I want you to know that this is a safe place and I need you to know this is a safe place because some of your emotions and your feelings are going to begin to come up and we may be afraid and, and I'm telling you that I don't want you to suppress it because that's not human. That's not how God created you. That's why he gave us the Psalms that we could express every type of emotion. The Psalms are written so that I can be exuberant and enjoy and excitement. And also I can be angry and I can be sad and, and I can demonstrate discouragement. You saw the Psalmist go across the spectrum. When you read the Psalms, that's the expression of a soul. And that's why we must be able to express ourselves and we have to learn that we need to learn how to express ourselves to God through the Psalms. Now I'm going by way of overview and then I'm going to teach but he began to tell me that this was a safe place and he said I want you to begin to let that anger come up. I know you suppressed it but I want you to begin to let it come up. So I began to trust the Holy Spirit until I felt the anger about right here. And I started to feel all of the pain and 
all of the, the anger began to come up and I got afraid again. I began to suppress. He said, no, I want you to bring it forth. Let it come forth. I'm going to take it. And so I began again and it came up and it looked like dark shadows coming out of me, just coming out. And I'm feeling this was going on, it seemed like hours, but it was only 20 minutes, and he said to me, that's enough for today. And so, remember, I thought it was going to be an hour and a half, and I didn't know he was going to deal with something. It was just 20 minutes, but he was taking something. And the very next day, he started again until he got all of that anger out of me. But that taught me that the Holy Spirit is the one that understands us and he decides when he's going to deal with something. And we could want to change our life and deal with anger, or deal with whatever emotions or every, anything that you're ashamed of. And we can think that we know when it should be dealt with and only God has determined when he's going to do these things. And so I learned how to trust him. And again, in uh, Psalm 23, and what we're talking about is restoration of the soul. And we need a shepherd. Restoration, the basic me meaning is movement back to the point of departure, back to the presence of God, or back to the face of the Lord. I'm going to tell you that the soul, I, this is the way I define it, I, I like to be simplistic and not complex. The kingdom of God is simple. That's why... The father said, unless you become like little children, you can't enter in. We make everything complex. I think so we can deny access. It looks like we're so great until we're the only one that can open this door. But Holy Spirit is always bringing things to simplicity. And so when we talk about a soul today, I want you to simply understand that it's the breath of God breathed into you. It is the breath of God. And only God himself as a shepherd can shepherd his breath. We're going to understand what I'm talking about. This is no ordinary shepherd. And this is not how we would say it's Sunday school reading now. We're talking about the soul. And someone who knows how to draw the soul and lead the soul. Thank you, Lord. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the still waters. Notice for a moment who's in control. Never said one time that I decide when I'm tired and when I need to rest. He's leading me. He's leading me. And then he makes me. You ever been made to lie down? And you were angry? Because you knew how much you had to do? He makes you lie down. Then he leads you besides the still waters. And this is the verse, verse 3, he restores my soul. He brings it back.
to the presence. He's always leading us back to the presence. And it's a journey. It's a journey. It's step by step where we're coming deeper and deeper and deeper into his manifest presence. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. What I want to do today, I want to put you on the paths. I want you to know it's a journey. I want you to know that you, it's a journey of discovery of the presence of the Lord. Looking on his face and learning something new about him. It's a whole lot different in the fact that we try to know about everything else except for the opportunity to know him. He said, that's life, eternity, eternal. Just knowing him, knowing how he think about everything and understanding that he has breathed into you the breath of life. He is, and Adam, it says, I'm going to read it, became a living soul, a living being. And we have to understand that anything alive is moving. And what the movement is supposed to be is back and deeper into the presence of God. Deeper and deeper. And so he leads us into the paths of righteousness for his name's sake and this is another verse that I want you to hear. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. The only reason I would not fear is that I have a revelation, that my soul has a revelation that he is with me. That changes everything when I understand that he is with me. I may be walking through the valley of the shadows of death and I may be coming to places that there's so much fear around and the only thing that comforts me is that he is with me. Have you ever, have you ever told you that everything was all right because I'm with you? He didn't change anything. He, when you needed uh, uh, rent or whatever it is, he, didn't, he never slipped you a couple of bucks in the secret place to get you over and tied you over to the next week. He just simply said, I'm with you. And everything is all right. I don't know if that has any meaning to you. But the psalmist says, when my soul is being shepherded and I'm in the path, I go through some dark places. And remember that these dark places is within the terrain deep within you. You're going through this place where you're not in control anymore. You've lost your ability to contribute to what God is doing and you feel really lost. And you feel death and all of that. It takes a shepherd just to keep walking through it. Because he himself, he tasted death so that you wouldn't have to. And so his soul knows what it feels like to be in a, a place where it seems like it's no hope. But I want you to know that Jesus, he quoted the psalm. And he allowed his soul to express 
the feeling that, why are you so far from helping me and from being with me? It wasn't that it was true, but my soul needs to be able to express what it, it's feeling. And that's where we're going. And so as we move into this place, he restores my soul. I told you the basic me meaning is movement. And so we need to, we need to understand that, that when God brings us and he's leading us, he's leading us to the presence of God. Now, what is a soul? I said is the breath of God. Genesis 2, 7 says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust. He formed man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul, a living being. So the soul is the breath of God. It is his mind, his will, his emotions breathed into you. The mind are thoughts and considerations, rational and intelligence, intellectual understanding, his mind, his thoughts. The will is the determination, the, the resolve, and the emotions are passions and feelings and desires. Now, I'm going to concentrate on the emotions. But I need to tell you that the breath of life is vigorous. It's like the wind. It's like fresh rivers of living, running water. Anything alive is moving. But the issue now is, where is it moving towards? We know that in our innermost being, rivers of living water, and Jesus said that he was talking about the spirit, is flowing out of my innermost being. And the source of that water is God himself, that rivers of living water. And the Holy Spirit is bringing us deeper and deeper into that reality of the freshness and of the liberty and of the the trust when you're in the midst of a running river and you have no ability to try to move yourself this way you just have to allow it to take you where he wants to take you but how many of you know when you quote this you serve a good God and he has good things for you why do you fight when you have no control to get off and get out of the river and try to save yourself. You haven't drowned yet. And he's taking you deeper and deeper. And, and he's giving you ability to breathe even in the depths of the river. Let's look at that movement. But first I have to say that the goal of the Lord is integration. Blending and mingling himself with us throughout our whole being. His goal, I'm going to separate some things so we can understand, but his goal is, is integration. He wants to blend, he's blending himself and mingling himself in our whole being. 
And that's why John 17, 21 says that they may be one. He's bringing us into a oneness. That's the goal. He's bringing us into a reality that we are one with him. And he says that they may be one as you, Father, are in me and I'm in you, that they also may be one in us. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. I in them and you in me. That's his goal. And he's bringing us deeper and deeper into himself. And he's infusing himself into us. And so as we are, doing, as we are uh, allowing him to do this, there's a greater revelation of what the will of the Lord looks like. I could tell you right now that many of you are doing the will of God and you don't know it because you're so consumed with Outward, outward manifestation that confirms and bear witness with you that you're doing the will of God. And you haven't understood that it's the spirit of the Lord that bears witness with you that you are children and that if you are children then heirs and that these things of just allowing God to, to lead you and draw you and bring you through some difficult places where you think, why am I going through this? And God is saying, because this is the way. Sometimes you're in the will of God and that just doesn't feel right to you because you don't understand what God is doing. That's why he's releasing your emotions again. And they are not like stepchildren. This movement is towards desire. Whether it's movement towards God and his will, his good pleasure, or your own will, your soul is moving towards desire. In Genesis 3, 6, this is... The word of the Lord is speaking about Eve. He says, so when Eve saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eye, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. But notice that she said it was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eye, and desirable to make one wise. All of a sudden, there was something outside of the fellowship of God that she thought would make her more complete than she already was. She thought that this was desirable to make her wise. And so desire kicked in, but it's desire for something outside of herself. And I may have said this here before, but that's where we are now. We think that we can buy something, purchase something that's going to make us better, make us feel better about ourselves because we have the latest thing that's outward and we have forgotten that what makes me whole is the fact that God himself is living in me and I'm not a broke down project. I am the temple of the living God. Oh, praise the name of the Lord. Sometimes we're so hard on ourselves. I'm going to speak to that. We just look at ourselves in the mirror and we find fault of everything. But God is saying that we have to learn how to move towards the presence. When did they stop moving towards the present? In verse 8 of Genesis 3, 
they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden and in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. Now they are hiding from the presence of the Lord and not being drawn. So there's desire that can make them more better than what they are, desire to make them wise, and now everything is outward instead of inward. And that's why when we're looking for God, we're looking outward and we yell to the top of our voice and he's in your innermost being. He's in you. And so I had to learn how to draw, be drawn inward. And that's not easy because we are so outward motivated. But he's, Adam's, God said, where are you? And Adam said, I heard your voice and I was afraid. Here's fear, emotion that causing him to be afraid and hide. He doesn't want to come and talk to God about it. He just simply hide. And that's what we've been doing all along. So my mind, let me talk about movement for just a, a little while. My mind is the lead member of my soul. It controls the direction of the movement. It controls the movement or directs the course of the movement. Romans 8 5 says, living according to the flesh, you set your mind on the desires of the flesh. So my mind directs my movement, whether I'm moving towards satisfying myself we never ever had that responsibility or drawing near to God so that he may satisfy you and give you everything that you need at the proper time. It wasn't Adam who told God it's not good for me to be alone. It wasn't Adam who said why don't you make me a helpmate suitable for me. It was God who said all of this. Adam wasn't even aware of himself. He was just aware of the presence of God. He was clothed in the presence of God and nothing was missing and nothing was broken and he wasn't looking to add anything to himself. But now, he's drawn outward and his mind, his soul now is directing the movement. And the will now controls the power of that movement, that, that resolve, that forward progress, that force to go forward and onward, to push a cause to go through, to penetrate. This is the will. It's, it's very powerful, and we develop the will. You can, through sheer will, accomplish a lot of things. And we develop the will, and we develop our mind. We want to have a, a mind that decides which direction you're going to go. And so the mind is direction towards purpose or pleasure or desire. It's the power of making decisions and choices for purpose and for pleasure. So my mind directs me towards the purpose. My will is the power of determination, resolve, and fixed purpose, this particular desire towards purpose 
and pleasure. But my emotions are strong feelings, excitement, awareness around discerning and recognizing and judging. And it's discernment through heightened awareness of the senses, sight, smell, taste, and touch. Have you ever heard something that made you feel bad? You just heard that. Came through the senses. You were feeling good until you heard the news. And then you start feeling something. And I want to tell you that we can forget what someone said to us, but we can never forget how it made us feel. We have to understand how powerful our emotions, and that's what we're going to release. That God is bringing us into this place where we understand that our emotions drive the movement with passion. The emotions are the foundation and stability and core of the human soul, a person. Now, that really surprised me when the Lord revealed that my emotions, they seem so flighty and so, you know, like the spirit we think, oh, you can't control, we don't know where. It's really the very foundation, the core, the stability, and that's the part of us that we suppress. Emotions house our memory of wrong done to it, the injury, the pain, and the anger from betrayals or disappointment. It houses that pain or that injury, but also the anger that you feel, and that's why in this season it's just erupting, and you're thinking, what's wrong with me? I'm a good Christian, I'm praying, but something is happening, and I can't seem to control it. We're taught to develop the mind, the rational person, and the will, and to have great resolve. But feelings are seen as weakness and can't be trusted, looked down upon, despised, even rejected. So we suppress like we often do the Holy Spirit. We just suppress him like I did. I said, no, it's not time. It's just not time. Can you just wait? Because the spirit understands the emotions and how to restore the soul, and because the spirit himself has been quenched and suppressed and controlled and not heard and even grieved, he knows how to bring back the soul and release to the full potential of who you're supposed to be expressing yourself. And so he brings us to the place where he, he speaks to us. He said, where you have been injured or hurt, you stop growing. You just stop right there. And all of my pain and, and anger is in my emotional self where the injury took place. In my emotion is also the cry for justice. That's why they never forget, and now they're crying for justice. In your emotional self, there's a sense of fairness. That just wasn't right. You ever felt that? That, that just wasn't right what they did to me, and somebody told you, just get over it. 
just move on. And your emotions say, I refuse to move on because that wasn't right what happened to me and I can't forget it and I cannot shut up. That's what's happening. God is moving. I, I told you there's some things that injustice, things that have happened to you that you know wasn't right, and, and, and you had to just go on. And I, you, maybe you were like me. I had a, a disciplined mind. I could just tell myself, okay, it's okay. God knows. God sees. But the, the emotion's still saying, but that wasn't right. And there's a cry to, for justice that's being cried, cried out, and God is hearing the cry of your emotional self and the sense of fairness. And it must be expressed. My emotion, my feelings often tell me when something is not right, especially something wrong that had happened to me. It may have happened when you were 12 or 13 or 6, and you think you've gotten over it. But you have some unresolved issues that you have never resolved. And the problem is your emotions remember just like it was yesterday. And you wonder why some people, when you see them, they're talking about the same thing. And, and you say, why in the world are they still talking about it? Because they still remember. Even in, if intellectually or rationally you have forgotten, because I have forgotten why I was so angry and I didn't know what had happened to me. And when the Holy Spirit began to deal with that pain, I discovered that it was rejection all of my life. You see, the, the, the devil knows when a prophet is born and he starts to make him feel like he doesn't fit in any place and everywhere he, he goes, he feels like he's an outsider and nobody chooses you to be on the team and that hurts. Somebody say, oh, is that all that happened to you? <laughs> the most sensitive spirit other than the Holy Spirit is the prophetic spirit of a prophet. Is sensitive to everything in the spirit realm and sensitive to people and their feelings and, and everything. The most sensitive spirit other than the Holy Spirit is the prophetic spirit. And there's a lot of prophets in this house that have been hurt. And you haven't been able to move on because God is not just letting you forget these things because he still remembers. I'm, I'm going to be done in a, a few minutes. He says, we are taught to suppress our emotions, but they will not be quiet no matter how I try to suppress. We, are, we have been very abusive to our emotional self. Just think about it. If your parents, every time you tried to speak, they said, shut up. I don't want to hear what you have to say. You would say that was abusive, wouldn't you? That's how we do our emotions. And that's how people do. We're abusive to that part of us. We are told, control your emotions. Just get over it. We are told, emotions are weakness. Don't show them. Hide your feelings. Hide them. You can't trust them. Why do you feel the way you feel? 
We're told these things. And we begin to believe it. And no one has told me that the mo my emotions is my very foundation of my, my soul, my being. And they meant to be expressed. And so the Lord is giving us permission to feel and freedom to feel just like we have freedom and permission to think. He's giving us permission and freedom and determination and resolve to do and feel together. We need to understand that there's nothing wrong with resolve. I'm going to finish what I started. There's nothing wrong with saying to yourself, this is where I'm going. And understand that the Holy Spirit is going to lead you into all truth. But we have to add to that, it's perfectly all right to feel what you're feeling because your feelings are not lying to you. Something happened to you. And although somebody, you may erupt with anger at the wrong time, and maybe that person really didn't deserve it, but something happened to you, and you need to be heard. And so God is moving us. He's, he's bringing us to that place where we understand that our soul has to be expressed feelings have to be expressed and when that happens when the church come into its fullness of expression when the Holy Spirit has his way and his place to move as he wants to and you have the, the, the freedom to, to feel everything that you should feel that's real liberty and real freedom so I'm coming today I'm coming to bring you to this place this is my prayer every day. Every day is my prayer. This is my longing. It's in Psalm 17, verse 15. As for me, I will see your face in righteousness. And I shall be satisfied when I awake in your likeness. That's, that's all I want. I know that if I allow God to draw me, I know if I allow him to lead me, I know that as I allow him to do all the things, because all souls belong to God, they were created for him to enjoy his creation through and with. And so God knows the soul, and he knows that they're never, he didn't create a soul to be suppressed and put down and talked down to and misused and abused. He created created you for glory and so he's leading you to these places and you have a, a right to express yourself and feel and some of you haven't felt in a long time you've dulled your feelings and, and some of you you learn how to medicate uh, your pain and and because you, you couldn't express it I told you I, I'm, I'm not just I didn't come just to impart the word, but in part my very life, I told you that as a prophet, I understood pain and I tried to medicate it with, with, with weed and, 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 and things like that, but it just didn't work. Where there's pain, there's a reason someone caused the pain and, and there's anger that will not be quiet now. We had to allow it to come up. And this is a safe place. 
is a safe place because God is setting us free. This is glorious liberty. We're coming into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. We are coming to the place where where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And my I'm going to allow the spirit to come into my feelings and my emotions and I'm going to feel freedom and I'm going to feel free and my longing is to see his face and to wake up change not by my effort but just beholding his face and as in a mirror the glory of God I'm being changed from glory to glory he's changing my inner parts my inner being I think that I can go where I want to but I finding in these days that he's drawing me deeper and deeper the only place that I want to go is with him he's telling me look at this and look at it from the spiritual place and not look at it from how everybody else is seeing and you may have to look like you're weird and we don't like to look weird I know that but when you're with Jesus he is taking you and you're not walking by sight that's why I told you sometimes you can be fulfilling the will of God and not know it. You can just be saying, oh, I want to fulfill the will of God. And he says, you're already pleasing me right now. Because how many of you have wanted to quit and you just couldn't? Because he wouldn't let you. And how many of you wanted to deal with this pain a long time ago and he wasn't didn't seem to be ready to do it. And how come it's today? How come it's today that he, he's coming to, to bring you into a glorious, not just liberty, but the glorious liberty? Freedom that you wouldn't even imagine to be just drawn by God. His natural inclination of the soul is to be drawn towards God. The love of God is just kind of like a weight that's kind of pushing you deeper and deeper into his manifest presence where there's fullness of joy. Psalm 16 verse 2 says, O my soul, my soul has said to the Lord, you are my Lord. My goodness is nothing apart from you. And then verse 8 says, I have set the Lord always before me because he's at my right hand. I shall not be moved. This is a soul. The immaterial part of you. The living part is supposed to be moving towards God. As you're moving towards him, you find that you're being healed. You're coming into a revelation of the truth. You know, the truth looks very different outward because you're always looking, well, if I was healed, I could see it by sight, even though he says not by sight, but faith. When you're being drawn by the Spirit, the reality of what I'm preaching becomes more real to you. Because I don't have to see it in order to believe it. I'm witnessing it by revelation as he takes me deeper and deeper and deeper. And I awake. 
in his likeness. It's like when he put Adam to sleep to create his helpmate. There's a seasons in our journey, and you need to know it's a journey. And we feel like we're asleep. It feels like we don't know what we used to know. And we've been with the Lord for years and years and years. And you realize that it's not that way of knowing him that he's bringing you to in Revelation. Knowing him by the Spirit. Not just about him, but knowing him. And that's the pilgrimage we are on right now, and you didn't even know it. He's been shepherding your soul, and, and you read it, and you can recite it, but you didn't understand. You just think he's leading you down Highway 101 or 580 or something like that, or through your academic life or through your uh, professional life. He's leading you. He's leading your soul into the very depths of who you are, where you discover the very flow of God and the river of God. This is no ordinary shepherd. He's the one that's leading. Lead, he was leading me into a place where he could begin to heal me from all the pain. And there are some days, and then I'll, I'll pray for you. This was 20 years ago when this happened. And all of a sudden, in this season, I started to feel some of the same things I used to feel. And I didn't know why I was getting angry again. And I didn't know that, you know, you would not believe it, but when you are a pastor or a shepherd, people don't always treat you right, even though you have their best interests at heart. They sometimes hurt you, kick you, bite you, <laughs> do all you're trying to feed them, and you got them in the arm. They just biting you, take a big plug out of you, you know. And I didn't know that I was doing the same thing I was doing before. Is just saying, okay, I'm just gonna power through it and just keep going. Just gonna keep going, because this is what I was called to do, and. I'm anointed to do it. And you can be anointed and still have suffered pain. Jesus is the anointed. And he suffered great pain. And you have to learn how to quickly forgive, but sometimes you have that in your mind, but the soul, the, the, the emotions haven't caught on to that because they still remember. And so it began to happen again, and the Holy Spirit began to take me again and began to take me through this. Now, you can call it deliverance. I call it the journey that a soul is on. I, I, I come to this place where he's saying, now's the time. We've been walking all along. It's like when I get to that place, he says, okay, now I'm going to deal with this. And you may not be ready, but he just decides to do it. You go through a place where people just kick you out, say it's time for you to go, and that hurts you. You don't even know it's God, but it's still hurt. And so you haven't dealt with it. It's an unresolved issue, and it's hurting, and you feel the 
injustice to, that is not right and it starts to happen again and I'm telling you you have to let the Holy Spirit begin to move in your life again freely to deal with these things so I, I, my prayer today is that you heard what I'm saying there is going to be an explosion of power in this place it's going to be in the realm of the spirit. It's just going to be an explosion because the part of you that's been being suppressed and the part of you that you have said, I don't want to show this part. I'm embarrassed by it. It's coming up and you're going to find that it's going to make you free. You're going to see how powerful a soul being led by the shepherd can be. So I want you, I'm just going to pray real quickly for you. It has already begun. The first thing has to go is shame. Shame. What was done to you was not right. You remember it. It wasn't right. Some of you have been touched inappropriately and, and all kinds of things like that and they told you, just go on with your life. And you tried to go on. And you believe with all your heart that you were going to make it, but in this season there's something happening. You you're tired. You're feeling like you just can't go on. And the Holy Spirit is ready for you to give it to him. See, you got to feel without judgment. Saying your feelings are wrong, that's judgment. Saying you shouldn't feel like that, that's judging. And that's not right. Your feelings are your discernment. And so as we begin to go on this journey, I, I want to tell you it's a journey. It's, you're going to begin to see even more release. Tonight. Tomorrow. The journey of becoming powerful. The revelation of how powerful you are because you felt like a victim all your life and everybody treated you like a victim and, and they just told you what to do and how to do it and you can still hear the yelling and, 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 and that is so hard when somebody yelled at you and, 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 and say just get over it. And you had a tender spirit. They say why? That's not something that should hurt her. My emotional self, no one is really love. It's not confused at all. So I want to release that. I want you to begin to read the Psalms and see it in a different way that you bring your emotion to him. And I want to 
dispel that thought that is emotional baggage. You know, these are precious memories that have actually kept you stable. Somebody has to remember when everybody was telling you to forget. Someone had to remember to cry out for justice to the Lord. And that's what's happening now. Could you just bow your head? Remember I told you I came to put you on the path. So that you can walk it out. The first thing I want you to do is to let the Holy Spirit begin to draw you. Just let go. Then you're going to begin to feel his leading. This is your soul. It's leading you into all truth. The word is truth. Bringing that reality to you. I'm your shield. I'm your protection. Nothing touched you that didn't touch me. Not a hair of your head was touched that I didn't feel it. Now let all of the anger begin to come up out of you and the pain. Just let it come. Just a few moments. The memory. Give it to God. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. A deep river is quite different from a shallow place. This is a deep river. And God's power is erupting and explosive power is being released of your powerful self that's in the image and likeness of God. As we awake, we awake in his likeness. And we see that he's been doing more work than you thought. You were just not aware of what he was doing. And we thank the Lord right now. And don't let anyone tell you to be quiet or shut up or don't feel. If you need to meet with me, I'll be glad to just hug you and walk with you. I know what pain feels like. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just seal your work and allow you to keep going. In Jesus' name.
Amen.